What's up, guys? Happy Friday. Welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Chronicles. I'm your host, Johnny Catani. Thank you for being here today. Hope everyone is enjoying their Friday. It's a holiday weekend. Probably have big plans. Some of you maybe took today off, snuck in a little four-day weekend. I do not have Monday off, but I know some people do. And if you do, that's awesome. I hope you have big plans. I'm happy you're here. We got a fun episode today. Uh, You're probably, if you're a longtime listener, wondering why I'm recording this and putting it out on Friday. When I said I wasn't going to do Friday follow-up, well, one, this is not Friday follow-up. That is gone. However, uh, we have been so busy. We, I have been so busy. We have been so busy at work. We just launched a new deal on Tuesday. It has been all hands on deck. And uh, this is the soonest I could get to it. And although that's not an excuse, I certainly could have gotten to it sooner. I know I said I would break down the Fed decision a couple weeks ago, and I did not get to that. I'm still shaking off the the winter rust. The seasonal depression came in a little spicy uh, this winter, and uh, we're still shaking it off a bit. So I'm grateful you're here. Happy you're listening. Uh, You could be anywhere else doing anything else and uh, you're listening. So I'm very, very grateful for that. And I'm excited because it worked out very well because the the inflation report just came out on Tuesday and the Fed has responded to it as well as economists. So it works out perfect because we get a new Fed update and we get to break down the inflation report. So I'm excited for that. And if you're wondering why I'm so hopped up, On top of all of this, Subtronics just released his new album, Tesseract. And if you like EDM music, and more importantly, if you like bass music, let me tell you about this album. Boy, does it bring the pharaoh out. Ooh, my goodness, Magoo. Absolutely brings it out. So I am all hopped up. I'm excited to be here. But um, I was cooking lunch, brunch, whatever you want to call it, and listening to that and just absolutely headbanging in the kitchen. So if you have not had a chance to listen to that, shout out to Subtronics, never misses, huge, huge fan. Got to see him live uh, over New Year's in Arizona, Decadence. I mean, just puts on an absolute show. He's easily in my top three uh, bass artists uh, right now. So... That is where the energy is coming from. And not only that, it's Friday, baby. So we're going to have a great time. going to do some skiing this weekend. I'm excited. And uh, it's almost spring. We're almost into spring ski season, which admittedly is one of my favorite uh, ski seasons for multiple reasons. One, we typically get a lot more sunshine. Two, days are longer. Uh, three, the vibes are just immaculate. Vibes are so much higher. Uh, four, the storms are epic we usually get that champagne pal that utah is so famous for and it just makes for some epic skiing and if it's not a pow day then the vibes are just high because it's usually sunny and you know parking lot vibes are are in full swing so a lot to be excited about guys uh february is absolutely flying by which we knew was going to happen right january has what 47 all of a sudden february rolls around it is a leap year, however. Keep that in mind. If you don't uh, did not know, it is a leap year. So 
uh, 29 days in February this year. So one extra day, but still short month, uh, right into March, which means, uh, Q1 end of Q1 and guys, we're only six weeks away from the end of Q1 beginning of Q2, uh, which is very relevant to our topic today because we're going to be breaking down the fed report, inflation report, bringing you guys, uh, the latest on what is happening in our economy. But before we get into it, if you do not already follow me on social media at Johnny Katani, you know, do me a favor, follow me on social media at Johnny Katani, J-O-N-N-Y-C-A-T-T-A-N-I, and go ahead and DM me full feral. Let me know you listen to this. If you listen to this, DM me full feral. All right. And I will respond. And that's how I know that you've listened and that you're like me, because you know what, guys, listen, doesn't matter where you are in your investment journey, your entrepreneur journey. If you don't have a little feral in you, sorry, guys, we just can't be friends. Sorry, not sorry, as the kids would say. So without further ado, though, let's go ahead and get into it. Let's break down this report, guys. Inflation report came out. What is happening? All right. So uh, let's start with uh, kind of the one of the one of the key components of the inflation report, which is U.S. retail. Now, naturally, in you know November, December, retail spikes, right? Of course, it's holiday season. What, what's everyone doing? They're going out the shopping. It's just natural, of course. And so, naturally, what happens when things go up really quickly? They usually come down. So, of course, U.S. retail fell almost one percent in January. January historically slow month anyway, right? I mean, guys, it's like one of the longest months, even though it's literally 31 days and we have plenty of months to have 31 days. My own birthday month, August has 31 days and still does not feel as long as January, right? Short days, it's cold, windy. So you put all of that together post-holidays, you put all of that together Historically, slow month in January. So we're not that surprised by this report that retail was down. Now, to get a little bit deeper and what the Fed really pays attention to is what we call core inflation. So core inflation does not include food or energy. And the reason is, is because I don't want to get on a soapbox right now about food, guys, but food is outrageously priced right now. I am literally... Single man, I don't even have a girlfriend. It's just me, my dog. Now, granted, I am a large human, 6'4", about 2, 15. I eat, I eat like a family of four. <laughs> no joke. Uh, it's not uncommon for me to cook a full meal and eat the whole thing in one night. Although I do try to portion, you know, try to be relative to how much energy I burn in a day. Anyway, that's not the point. Uh, the point is, is I know how much I spend a week and I bargain shop right now because food is so expensive. I have my system down to where I can spend about a hundred dollars a week on food and that feeds me for the whole week. Now that's me cooking pretty much every meal every once in a while. Like yesterday, I snuck in a DoorDash. I just did not have time to cook and uh, needed needed food. Uh, so I stuck in a DoorDash there. So that does not take into account DoorDash. $100 is groceries. And guys, this is all, this is full grocery. But $100, you guys, 
is is me bargain shopping. Like I am trying to find the deals. Like I am saving where I can because that adds up over, you know, 10, 12 items. Now all of a sudden you're, you know, you've saved eight to $12 potentially, right? So um, while that sounds cheap and I, and some of you may be like, why are you being so cheap? I'm not being cheap. I just prefer to spend my money in other places. I like to travel. And honestly, uh, I'd rather save my money for experiences as, as truthfully as it is. And I'm trying to make cutbacks where I can because I've got the businesses, I've got other things going, investments going that are not liquid, that I don't have access to, that are still ramping up in terms of their returns. And ultimately, I am trying to get to the point where within 10 years, probably in the, the around the 10 year mark, where I'm financially retired, meaning that I don't have to have a W-2 job and I'm not working in a business. I'm working on businesses where I'm in a true C-suite CEO role where I'm making decisions, you know, one, two, three big decisions a day, you know, multiple businesses, but, you know, I'm working two to four hours a day on each business. So ultimately I'm still having a full work day, but it's a lot more fun and I have a lot more freedom, right? Like blocking out your calendar, you've got the right people in place, so on and so forth. If you feel you're in that position or at that point, please go listen to the last episode. Episode three, sorry, episode 386 just came out on Wednesday with Jake Burhands where he talks about scaling a business where he is in the process of scaling his business right now and gives a firsthand report and account and gives some really great insight on scaling your businesses, hiring the right people, firing, and ultimately the challenges that come with all of those things. So go give that a listen. Um, okay, we got a little sidetracked, but ultimately, guys, food is expensive right? And energy is so volatile, right? You look at the gas pump, right? That's the easiest metric to look at. Although energy, oil and what we pay at the pump are mutually exclusive. They do not operate the same. They're in, I wouldn't say inverse, but ultimately guys at, it, at its foundation, what you pay at the pump is truly what the, what gas stations the oligarchy that is gas uh, has decided, right? A, a barrel of oil does not uh, equal what you paid the pump. Now, there, they, they, it, it does matter, but ultimately, they're going to charge you really what they want, which is why you pay more in California than you do in Salt Lake City. It's literally the same gas. So there you go. Uh, so core inflation does not include food or, uh, energy core inflation guys just came out at 4%. The fed has said they are locked into 2%, not two and a half, not 3%. There was a period of time. And I talked about it on here where I thought that the fed might entertain raising the benchmark for inflation somewhere to the two and a half to 3% range. They have made it very clear that is not their plan and they will not do that. 
So their target is 2%. Core inflation, 4%. Overall inflation, including, so overall CPI, including, including, uh, including food and energy, 3%. Energy down a little bit, so has, has dragged it down uh, and brought it to 3%. So that is where th they use both CPI and core and have indicated that they will not settle for less than 2%. With that being said, a couple things. One, economists came out and lowered their Q1 GDP growth prediction for, for Q1 of this year, first quarter, from 29 to 2.5%. What does this mean? Well, this means that inflation is slowing. And I've talked about it on here before, guys. Inflation is a very lagging metric. A lot of the, the variables, metrics, that data points that make up inflation are lagging. It takes time for, right? You think about a locomotive, right? Think about a locomotive compared to a car. You slam on the brakes in a car, you're going to stop pretty quickly, right? Good car, even if you're going fast, good brakes, gonna stop. Think about a locomotive. What does it take, a mile on average for those things to come to a complete stop, right? Vastly different. Inflation and the economy, much more like the locomotive, right? Takes a while for it to start slowing down because there's a lot of things that lag and takes time. Real estate being a, a perfect example of the lag and the lagging metrics it, it takes time as you know interest rates are going up for things to slow down because you know five percent guys five percent money is still cheap money six percent money is still cheap money now we're in the seven and a half to eight percent money okay that's expensive but it took a while to get there we didn't really get there until late q3 q4 of last year maybe early q3 at the earliest, that really wasn't that long ago, you guys. That was like six months ago. So, so it takes time for these, uh, for these metrics to come to a halt and for things to really slow down economically. This also includes consumer spending, guys. So you think about your spending, right? I just talked about my spending. My spending has slowed drastically. I'm not traveling nearly as much as I did even though that's what I love to do. I'm not spending nearly as much as the grocery store, even though I love food. So think about all those things. Now you extrapolate that over families and people who are you know, accounting for responsible for other humans. Like I said, I just have my dog and I, right? The occasional date here and there. But in reality, I'm not responsible for them. And hopefully they're not relying on that meal to like feed them for the day. You know what I mean? I like to think that my uh, vetting process for dates is a little better than that. <laughs> anyway, uh, so you, you put all that together and it takes time for these things to slow down. So economists actually predict that uh, 2024 will be slower than 2023, which makes a lot of sense when you think about it, right? Because quick pause for a drink. Because if you think about it, if it's lagging, that means that by the time inflation gets to indicates that it's going to be 2% and the Fed begins to lower rates, 
well, they're going to lower rates 25 basis points. The overnight rate right now is, or the Fed funds rate right now is 5.25 to 5.5. A 25 basis point drop gives us 5 to 5.25. That's that's nominal, right? So they've made it very clear. They came out, reported, uh, I believe it was yesterday. Uh, Powell came out, chairman of the Fed, and said, with pretty much 100% certainty, during the March 19th, 20th meeting, they will not be cutting rates, meaning they'll be holding them again. So we'll continue. They will continue to you know, keep checking the reports and waiting for the reports. So ultimately what I'm getting at is that 2024 is going to be slower than 2023 because even when they finally get the reports they want and the information, the data is favorable, meaning everything is pointing to 2% inflation, even just lowering rates, we're not all of a sudden going to shoot up to two and a half, three percent 3% inflation. People aren't just going to all of a sudden go out and start getting loans and spending money just because we're down 25 basis points. It's going to take time. And because everything lags as much as it does, it's going to be the same thing even as rates continue to come down, which is why I said even at, towards the end of last year and, and even towards even in the middle of last year, I don't think we'll really start to see the economy start to pick back up and be more of a bullish economy as we know it until the end of 2024 at the earliest, more likely Q1 of 2025, which is why the adage right now in the, in the investment industry is survived to 25 because really you're not going to start entertaining uh, refinances until rates are in the 5% range which is where I think they'll settle somewhere in the four and a half to five and a half percent range. Uh, not the overnight rate. I mean, like interest rates that we as consumers go and get to borrow or we as investors get from lenders. So we're still guys, probably 12 months from really seeing, you know, a, a, a bullish market and that you can feel confident that you know, things are going to continue to move upwards. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, home prices aren't going to increase this year. They absolutely will. Because there are certainly buyers out there that will be priced back into the market at the first cut. Because especially mortgage product, meaning if lenders believe that rates are going to come down, they're going to give you the best possible rate they can because that's probably the highest possible rate they can give you and they'll be able to give you. If rates come down 25 basis points and then, you know, if let's say rates down to uh, 4.5 to uh, 4.75. Well, at the end of the year, that's the rate they're giving is going to be much lower than the rate they were able to give in the beginning. That's where the forward looking comes in, meaning they'll be willing to give you a low rate at the beginning of the year at the first cut, because that's still going to be the highest rate they they'll be able to give in relevance to what will be coming at the end of the year. So that's where that metric comes into play. So people will be priced back into the market, meaning 
more buyers, more demand, what does that mean when we're undersupplied like we are? And we're so undersupplied that we're not going to catch up. I mean, we're 10, we're at least 10 years from catching up, at least based on most reports. So that instantly means prices coming back and prices are slowly ticking up anyway. And so that's what we have to look forward to is a slower, despite rates coming down, it will still be economically slower than it was in 2023, which makes perfect sense, right? Because savings accounts have been dwindled. Consumer debt is at its highest, right? The average consumer right now making minimum payments on their credit card. So that's really what we have to look forward to in 2024. It will be slower. However, all things indicate that 2025 will be the beginning of a bull market and things will fill uh, a semblance of normalcy towards the end of 2024 into 2025. That's it, guys. It's like 18 months of like slow economy, slow spending. Guys, in, in the grand scheme of a 10-year, 20-year investment cycle, this is a mere blip. So do not let this deter you from buying you should, I've been preaching this since I started this podcast. You should never be taking your ear off the street. You should always be paying attention to your market markets, your asset classes, always be knowing what's going on and guys always be buying. You can always refinance. And if you're a good borrower, you've got a good track record. You've got great relationships with lenders anyways, and this has not been phasing you one bit. You may have slowed down. Transaction volume has slowed down for a reason, but it's already picking back up. I mean, we just launched our second deal. We're assuming a loan, which is absolutely magical. Still has eight and a half years left on it. One year of interest only. 3.3% fixed rate. 3.3%. <laughs> I mean... It'll be, uh, we may never see 3.3% rates again. It'll be, I mean, at least five, six years, maybe. You may never even see them again. Maybe. I think I think we'll settle somewhere in the 45 to 5.5% range. And that will be where we, that's where that bull market is going to be its heaviest here in probably two years. End of 2025, 2026 is going to be a rocket ship for the economy, at least as an investor. Uh, which is great because if you're a long-term investor, which is what I've been preaching this whole time on this podcast, guys, long-term, you got to think long-term. Get this 12-month, 18-month thing out of your head, right? It's a mere blip. In five years, we're all going to be laughing. But what I'm saying is if you're buying now, you're 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 just barely implementing your business plan anyway. So you're going to be, you know, two to three years before you've really been able to bring the majority of the market or the majority of the rents up to market, whether you're buying apartments, whether you're buying, uh, you know, mobile home parks, self-storage operate, operates a little bit differently. You can bring those to market pretty much instantly uh, just because you're not dealing with dwellings, uh, which is why people like self-storage so much because you're not, you're not putting someone out of a home, pricing someone out of their, their home by bringing, uh, an asset up to market, like in a mobile home park, like in an apartment complex, 
like in any other living, you know, dwelling real estate investment. So it takes a couple years. I mean, you think about a 150 unit apartment complex, you know, that are all below market rents. It's going to take you, you know, lease turnover, right? You got six, 12 month leases in there. It takes time to get those to rent, right? So this two years from now, Mark, is really when you're going to see a lot of refinances really start to take place for the assets that have been purchased, you know, this year, late 2023 into this year, even middle of 2023, you know, that makes it basically, you know, two and a half, three years. That's right on par for your three to five year investment hold. At Sunrise, we have a 10 year, our funds are 10 years. And with return of capital coming in three to five years, historically been able to do it in three to four years, projecting five years in our fund for uh, investment, just because it takes time to implement these business strategies and get rents to market rates. So guys, we're, we're right on track, we're right on track. Don't let this short term stuff get in your way. So anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. I always appreciate it. Hopefully you enjoyed this breakdown. Hopefully it all makes sense. Like I said, DM me feral full feral. Let me know. Let me know. Have you listened to Subtronics? new album yet has it made you go full feral have you headbanged in your kitchen because i sure did holy cow also guys if you enjoyed this please share like subscribe rate review all the things share with those that you love if you've been wondering what's happening economically if you want to if you have the same outlook as me and someone doesn't believe you send it over say hey look this guy agrees with me too i mean you don't know me from adam maybe you do what do i know who knows right but I like to think I know a little bit. I don't know everything, but I know a little bit about a lot of things. That's what I like to say. So thank you guys so much for listening. As always, you're awesome. And I will talk to you next week. See you guys. Have a great weekend. Have a great holiday weekend. If you have Monday off, be safe. But don't forget, guys, it's okay to be a little bit feral. See ya.